In this week's episode of Farmer's Inside Track, we chat to 30-year-old Northwest farmer Neo Leburu. She's been farming for more than a decade, employing other youth in her community. In our entrepreneurship slot, Senior Manager for Agribusiness at Standard Bank, Berti Haman, chats to us about the difference between cash flow and profit. We're also joined by Liani Jones, the Produce Marketing Association's Country Manager for Southern Africa, and she'll give us a rundown of what to expect at this year's Fresh Connections Southern Africa Conference and Trade Show. We are inspired by Kiatle Khilem Guni, livestock farmer and youth chairperson of the African Farmers Association of South Africa. And you definitely don't want to miss our weekly AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Market with agricultural economist Dr. Johnny van der Merwe. He will highlight the latest price movements and expectations for the coming week. This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food from Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey Mzanzi, welcome to episode 39 of Food for Mzanzi's weekly podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I'm Dawn Numdu, editor of South Africa's leading agricultural news and lifestyle publication. As usual, I'm not alone. Joining me this week is journalist Duncan Masiwa. Hey Dawn, it's great being back and I'm really excited about our all-female lineup this week. In various corners of Mzanzi, women have been taking up space in the sector unapologetically and I'm excited to be celebrating with you this week the many women in a previously male-dominated sector. For sure, Duncan. Couldn't agree more. It's really an honor celebrating women in agriculture here on Farmers Inside Track. Later, we'll hear from another powerhouse in the agri-sector, Liana Jones. She's the Produce Marketing Association's country manager for Southern Africa. She'll give us the rundown of what to expect at this year's Fresh Connections Southern Africa Conference and Trade Show happening from 18 to 20 August. We're also connecting with Senior Manager for Agribusiness at Standard Bank, Berti Haman. He chats to us about the difference between cash flow and profit. But first, Duncan, you're catching up with 30-year-old Northwest farmer Neo Leburu. On another week of celebrating the amazing woman in agriculture, I'm joined today by Neo Leburu, a goat farmer who a few years ago decided to swap her office gear for two-toned bush shirts and camouflage parka jackets to pursue farming wholeheartedly. Neo, welcome to Farmers Inside Track. It is amazing to finally have you with us. And I quickly want to delve into that straight away. What encouraged your decision to join Mzanzi's farming community. Hey Duncan, thank you for giving me an opportunity to tell my story. My love for farming, I'd like to believe it was genetically inherited. I'm from a family of farmers. My grandfather was a farmer. My mom, my aunt, my father, they are into farming. So I always felt I did not belong when I was in the corporate world. I was more happier when I was the side. So during my leave days, when I came home, I'd spend more time with the goats there by the farm. It's actually not a farm, it's a communal land. So when I had to return to work, I'd go back with a heavy heart. And on my way, traveling back alongside, there'll be farms. So passing there, seeing people in the field made me realize I'm in the wrong field and... 
I had to go into farming honestly because I love what I do. I don't want to lie. I'm so happy that I decided to do this change because when I was still in school, I was still trying to find myself, find my way, find where I belong. So I studied sound engineering. After completing my diploma, I realized I'm not cut for this. So I decided to do a business management. I was an administrator at a private college. So while I was there, I realized I connect more with goats or with livestock than I do with people. That's when I decided it was time to quit and come do what I love. Because I'd be at work and I'd be getting calls that I lost some goats, that the goats are sick. You get home, you realize that your livestock is not the same as the last time you left it. That's when I decided, let me quit and do this full time, do farming full time, give it my everything. And then I think that was it. I just had to answer the calling. Now you talk about that moment of realizing that in fact you were in the wrong industry and that you were happy to make your career change. A lot of farmers will tell you that in the beginning stages of their farming journey, it is never easy. How was your entry into the industry? Would you consider it smooth and without? hurdles? It wasn't easy at all, Duncan, because when I started, I had no financial backup, no access to resources. I only had access to land, which was the land that I inherited from my grandfather. And with the knowledge that he passed down to my mom, so she passed down that knowledge to me. So it wasn't easy. Lack of information also. I had to rely on that knowledge and Google. I'd go to the male farmers who have already been in the industry, but they shut doors for me. I don't know, maybe it was because they felt I'm a woman, so what am I doing in farming? What's my interest in all that? But I kept pushing despite all that because I had a dream. I knew what I wanted, so I had to do in everything in my power to make sure that I reach that dream. That's when I decided that's it. I can't do this part-time anymore. I have to do it full-time. Also, after quitting, it was more financially challenging because now there was no longer a salary to help me with buying feed, buying medication, paying the head boy. So when I got home with the little money I had saved up, I opened up a business where I would sell food so in order to generate an income. So it wasn't easy. It's still not easy to this date because of lack of resources. Women in farming are not taken as serious as our male counterparts. So I'm still struggling, but I'm hoping I'll get there. I trust I will get there. It is definitely like you say, Nayo, women are not taken seriously in the industry. It is still a thing when a woman introduces herself as a farmer. People are still shocked by it, amazed by it, even though already many women have started taking up their space in the sector. And with that said, despite that progress of women entering into the sector, the gaps between men men and women who run and own sustainable farming enterprises remain large. In your opinion, Neo, how do we correct this and where do we even start? Closing that gap in the agricultural sector is not an easy task to do. But as you also mentioned, it's a working process. I think we should start by allowing women farmers to gain access to the same resources as our male counterparts. We need to accept it in our community that women play a vital role in food production and food security. 
And as such, we are the backbone of the development of rural and national economy. The reason female farmers are less likely to succeed when compared to our male counterpart, it's often due to number of setbacks that range from a lack of access to opportunities that are given to them. We need to do away with gender norms that are limiting our potential as entrepreneurs. Nayo, the challenges that women face in agriculture are plenty, but there are positive aspects of being a female farmer and entrepreneur. And for you, what is it like wearing a title that basically means you are feeding South Africa? I consider myself lucky, Duncan, because women have always been feeders of the world. There's a saying that I love so much that says, when you teach a man how to farm, his family will never go hungry. But when you teach a woman how to farm, the whole world will never go hungry. So women have always been community orientated. So I feel blessed, honestly, uh, especially because I love feeding people. Even my family will tell you that. I love cookie and when I do I, I, I enjoy it when, when there there's there are plenty of people. We invite friends over, we invite relatives over because I enjoy seeing myself feeding people. So it is a great pleasure, honestly. And I feel women are worthy of that title. <laughs> I love that, I love that. But of course, you know, in farming it's not always sunshine and roses. It's not always easy. And on those tough days in farming where you find yourself drained and feel like giving up, what keeps you motivated and going? Duncan, I have a daughter that looks up to me. I'm grooming her into becoming a farmer. She helps out a lot when we buy the farm. And I have a lot of followers on Facebook. I have a lot of young females who wants to venture into farming that sends me messages, that sends me voice notes, let me know how much I encourage them. So when I feel like that during those days, I get to remind myself that it's not only about me anymore. It's not only about me reaching my dreams. So I have to push to do it for others out there. Those people that tell me that I encourage them, that the passion that I see burning in my daughter's eyes whenever she helps out by the farm is what keeps me going. But above all, it is my love for what I do. I love farming a lot. I'm at peace when I'm with my goats. So, yeah, it's not only about me. I love that your daughter is a part of your agricultural journey at such a very young age. It's comforting to know. Another nail, perhaps, you know, from another province might be listening to this podcast right now and you have an opportunity to motivate and encourage her. What would you want her to learn from your story? As much as there are hardships in this industry, there are also a lot of opportunities especially for the young females. If you are out there and you want to go into farming but you're doubtful, I encourage you that you do so. Just make sure that you do your research, you know what is it that you want to do, and also be patient with yourself. Do not be afraid to start small. Money will never be enough for you to start. So start with what you have, start now, and I promise you, as long as you put your mind into something, you can achieve it. You can achieve anything that you put your mind to. There are no limits. The only limit that you'll get will be from the outside world, but within you to achieve your dreams. Do not limit yourself. Push, push harder, knock on those doors. Be patient. Look at me. I've been 
in this industry for over a decade and it's only now that I'm being recognized. So you see, I was patient with myself. So that's it. You need to do that. Work hard. Hard work pays that one I can promise you. Now, Naya, at Farmers Inside Track, we have a tradition where we ask two fun, quirky questions to our guests. I have prepared for you some as well. And I hope you're ready because here I go. Question one. If you lost your speech and could only choose an animal sound to communicate, what animal would it be? Definitely a goat. I have no doubt with it. It has to be a goat <laughs> because I understand my goats better. They communicate well with me. I know when they are not happy and I know when they are. So, yes, it has to be a goat. <laughs> <laughs> I ran straight into that one. <laughs> Next question. Which food would you rather smell like for the rest of your life? Guava. I love the smell of guava. We have a tree here at home, so I enjoy the smell of fresh guavas. Thanks for joining us, Neo. Really great to catch up with you and keep on doing what you do best in your community. Really an inspiration to many more agriculturalists and farmers out there. Wow, Mom, what did you put on this chicken? Well, I was trying a new recipe using grain-filled chickens. Oh, Mom, this is amazing. You can't go wrong with 100% South African farm-quality chicken. With a range of fresh, frozen and marinated products, make grain-filled chickens your number one choice. Grain-filled chickens from the farms of the Free State. Need we say more? If you want quality, ask for grain-filled chickens at a leading store. Grainfield Chickens. Bring home the taste. Visit grainfieldchickens.co.za As promised, we now hear from Bertie Haman, the Senior Manager of Agribusiness at Standard Bank, chatting to us about the difference between cash flow and profit. Bertie, thanks so much for joining us again here on Farmers Inside Track. It's always great to chat to you. Now, today we're chatting profit versus cash. And understanding the difference between profit versus cash is vital when it comes to keeping a close eye on your finances. What does it mean to make a profit and how does this compare to generating a positive cash flow? The concept of making a profit or then to farm profitable sounds simple. But then you get your financial statements from your bookkeeper and the results are puzzling. You thought you made a big loss. But your bookkeeper disagrees. He says you made a profit and you must pay tax. Now who is to be believed? It is very possible that you are looking at different things. Your bookkeeper is calculating profit and you may be focusing on cash flow. One will typically calculate your profit over a period of time, for example one year. In our previous edition we alluded to the fact that you incur various expenses with the aim to derive an income. If your income exceeds your expenses over this term, you made a profit. However, your bookkeeper calculates your profit using accounting standards, which means that he or she may not include all your receipts as part of income or all your payments as part of expenses, in a very simplified manner. This is why profit and cash flow are not the same. If you calculate your cash flow over the same period, you simply say, these are all the cash payments I made, and this is all the cash I received, and the difference is in the surplus or deficit cash flow. In fact, you can easily calculate the net result of your cash activities by simply taking the daily cash balance on your bank account and add a cash you have in your wallet, and that is your net cash flow to date. Now this is why you may feel that you made a loss, because you added your bank balance and the money in your wallet, and this is less than what you had last year. 
Is it possible for profit and cash flow to be the same? Yes, it is entirely possible, but highly unlikely in a typical farming venture. Cases where this can happen is, for example, a street vendor. For profit and cash flow to be equal, there are a few requirements. And these requirements can include that you must buy all your stock for cash and you must also sell all your stock for cash. You must not make any loans and the cash value of your opening stock and your closing stock must be identical. And also, you don't buy any long-term assets, for example, a motor vehicle. In other words, you only buy stock which you will sell today. You will agree that in the average farming venture, a scenario like this is highly unlikely. And is it also possible to record a profit but be cash flow negative? We just explained that it is very likely that profit and cash flow will differ. And in this regard, it is very possible that a difference can be so extreme that one can record a profit during the year but actually show negative cash flow during that very same year. It is especially the use of bank loans and the timing of purchase of assets that can cause profit and cash flow to differ. For example, if you take out a bank loan, you get access to cash and therefore your cash flow position improves, at least over the immediate short term. The only expense you will record is the interest charges and, as we said, over the short term, the amount of cash received should significantly exceed such interest charges. So the raising of debt then generally improves cash flow in the short term. Now let's say your financial period runs from 1 March to 28 Feb and on the 27th day of February you use the cash you had to purchase a large quantity of stock which you plan to sell over the next couple of months. This means that you give up your cash as you converted it to stock but which you haven't sold yet. This transaction will not influence your profitability. So you can still make a profit for a year ending 28 Feb but you will be cash flow negative. So you will feel broke on the 28th day of February because you have no cash. And then my final question to you is, Bertie, which is more important, profits or cash flow? Both are very important. Generating a profit forms the basis of creating a positive cash flow. If you cannot generate a profit, your farming venture will not be sustainable in the long run. You must find a balance where you manage your farming venture in such a manner that you generate both a profit and a positive cash flow. There are two main business traps to look out for. You probably want to grow your farming business and there is nothing wrong with this ambition. But if I simplify a whole lot of assumptions, I will tell you that growth requires lots of cash. So if you grow too fast, there is a good chance that you will run out of cash and your creditors will start to frown on you. It is actually possible to become insolvent even while your assets exceed your liabilities simply because you don't have cash to pay your creditors. Regrettably, we see this all too often in the agriculture space. On the other hand, if you sit on too much cash, you probably miss out on business opportunities. And remember, cash itself cannot generate a profit. Cash provides liquidity and not much else. So you really have to find a balance between being profitable and having sufficient cash on hand to meet your short-term payment obligations. Thanks for joining us, Berti Haman, the Senior Manager of Agribusiness at Standard Bank. It's great to have you here on Farmers Inside Track. Don't forget you can also catch these updates on Food from Zanzi TV on www.foodformzanzi.co.za. Wow, Dawn, we have a full house today. We're now joined by Liani Jones, the Produce Marketing Association's Country Manager for Southern Africa. And she'll give us a rundown of what to expect at this year's Fresh Connections Southern Africa Conference and Trade Show. Dawn, it's over to you. Hey, Liana, how have you been? I'm very well, thank you. Counting down to Fresh Connections. We've just got under three weeks until our virtual event goes live. So it's a busy time, but very exciting. Have you been able to meet any of your colleagues yet? I know last time we spoke, you said that 
you hadn't met anyone yet. Were you able to meet any of your colleagues yet? We have actually. We went out last week. We met up and had a coffee and a breakfast and actually got to meet each other after two and a half months of working together. So it was amazing. And I actually didn't recognize one of my colleagues because all I see her is in one dimension through the computer. She looked completely different <laughs> when I saw her in person. <laughs> so you were saying that you guys are almost ready for PMA and literally when I spoke to you the last time, you were so excited about it. What is PMA success recipe when it comes to Fresh Fresh Connections Conference program? And how are you keeping it relevant? I mean, it's been 10 years now already. I think one of the interesting things on how we keep it so relevant and sort of ahead of the curve in a way is we have an incredible membership base globally. And, you know, we have relationships and we connect with our members all the time. And we hear from them what their challenges are, where they're looking to take their business. And that really helps keep us ahead of the curve in terms of the research, the the content, the direction that we need to integrate into these events that we do. So really, it's about having those close relationships with our members globally. That helps really drive keeping the content, which keeps it fresh and keeps it relevant for each fresh connections that we have. We also touch base with our country council group here in South Africa, and we do a lot of work with them in the run-up to fresh connections to make sure that everything that we're going to present is relevant to their business and their needs that they have for the future. And what is the primary focus of this year's Fresh Connections conference? Program or theme that's running throughout all the discussions? If you take an overall look and feel for our theme, you know, everyone's been going through quite a challenging time. And really, we want to be positive. We want to support and and help businesses and people in the fresh produce industry sort of prepare for, you know, the future. So it's really everything from celebrating fresh to looking after yourself to wellness to understand some of the challenges that have sort of come out of this pandemic that we're in. And really providing some insights into the future to help businesses pivot their business to thrive in the next years ahead. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot more focus on well-being and self-care. I'm really excited about that aspect of program and overall theme as well. How is the 2020 program structured? So on the theme of self-care and well-being, we actually have quite a lot of our programs structured on that. On the first day of the evening, on the Tuesday the 18th, We actually have a world-renowned speaker, Dr. William Lee from the US, who's a bestseller and has written lots of books on how food can help heal the body. So he's going to be talking to that, particularly around fresh produce. And then we follow into sort of a virtual cook-along where our members are going to be delivered meal kits, have a dietitian create a really sort of nourishing and let's say um, fresh produce focused meal. But there will be a little bit of protein in there for the carnivores amongst us just to understand that you can create some of these nourishing body sort of boosting food at home. And then on the the following day on Wednesday, we actually have an inspirational speaker, Peter Van Ketz, who's an extreme adventurer who's going to be talking to us about grit and resolve, keys to achieve and sustain true success. And I think that that's very relevant in the current climate that we are in. And then following that, we sort of get into the business nitty gritty. We have some work stream sessions where we are looking at sustainability, why it's important to your business and what happens if you don't deploy it. We also are looking at agile supply chains in Africa, how to build those. 
And then on Thursday, we're looking into the future. What's the future landscape of South Africa? We have a, a lot of thought leaders in South Africa speaking on that. And then we also start looking at future trends in the consumer and retail side. So we're sort of moving from looking after yourself and your body through to trying to find some business solutions to really getting a handle on what the future looks like. And how are you going to keep people engaged with being virtually? I'm sure that was a bit of a challenge. <laughs> We're keeping our sessions quite short and sweet because we know that people have other things to do. But what we do recommend is treat this as going to a conference and so make sure you've got the little sign on the door to say, busy, please don't disturb when you're in the conference. But, you know, running alongside our conference, we do sort of have some sort of games and some leaderboards that we will have for all the participants. Everyone will be kept on their toes with some polls and some questions and some activities to do. And then we also have some great networking sessions. And one of the key things is people always want to connect at events. So we will have some speed dating type of connecting sessions. We will also have some virtual coffee breaks where people can go around and find other participants and have chats with them, set up meetings. So it's going to be quite interactive as well that people have the time to explore who else is out there and have conversations in the fresh produce industry. My last question to you would also be how can people get information? How do they still register? <laughs> um, what are the possibilities still at this point before we get things going with Fresh Connections this year? Registration is still ongoing. You can go onto our website www.pma.com and look for the Southern Africa page and Fresh Connections is there. We are also very active on our three social media channels channels. We are on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and we are giving updates on all of those every week on different speakers and past participants, the value that they've received from Fresh Connections. And also for our members, we're sharing content and registration links weekly for them to, to sign up. So it's open for everyone. Registration is free. We're getting a huge amount of students in the sector attending as well. It's a great opportunity for them to learn and see some of the, the industry thought leaders. So we're looking forward to hosting everyone at our Fresh Connections coming up just under three weeks time. And of course, Food from Zanzi will also be sharing a lot of the latest information. And you can also continue to listen to Farmers Inside Track, our podcast as well, all of the latest information when it comes to a Fresh Connections conference this year. Liana, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate chatting to you short and sweet, but much needed information and everything of the best with the rest of your planning for the conference this year. And we're looking forward to joining you there. Perfect. Speak to you again soon. Bye. Thanks for joining us again, Liana. I'm counting down the days to this year's Fresh Connections Southern Africa Conference and Trade Show. This week we are inspired by Kiatlehile Mguni, a livestock farmer and youth chairperson for the African Pharmacists Association of South Africa. Food from Zanzi allowed me an opportunity to express my challenges and successes within the agricultural sector. I was able to reach out to other young farmers and to be recognized nationally as a young African farmer or agripreneur who is penetrating the space. My network has expanded and my story reached many other young Africans. The platform given was intended to motivate and empower in order to start or push harder at reaching your goal. Being featured on this platform means telling my inside story and experiences, but also to voice out my views on issues affecting the agricultural industry. Thank you so much for being inspiration. Kiatlechi Lemguni, livestock farmer and youth chairperson of the African Farmers Association of South Africa. For more daily inspirational stories about farmers and agriculturalists going above and beyond 
To feed South Africa, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at foodformzanzi and use the hashtag FarmersInsideTrack. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. This week's AMT Fresh Outlook on the Market, here's Dr. Johnny van der Merwe, an agricultural economist at the Northwest University. Thank you very much, Dawn and Duncan. And this is your weekly AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Market, made possible by Standard Bank. To stay up to date with the latest prices and news, subscribe to the AMT YouTube page and follow us on Facebook. But let's jump straight into the latest vegetable prices the past week as usual. In general, we are expecting lower demand the next two weeks as we enter the middle parts of the month. However, we saw good demand for potatoes last week which coupled with very low volumes currently on the market resulted in the price to increase by 9% to 51.48 per 10 kilogram. Volumes are still very limited which may result in the price to remain on a higher level while limited demand may constrain the upward sentiment. The tomato price decreased last week by 1% to 7.24 per kilogram. Based on seasonality, we are expecting lower prices due to higher expected volumes and of course the limited demand during the middle parts of the month. As expected, the carrot price decreased by 7% last week to 3.16 per kilogram. Higher volumes and lower demand may put further downward pressure on this price over the coming week. The onion market is very stable at the moment due to very good demand since the lockdown started. Although we are seeing higher volumes on the markets currently, prices remain on a higher level of 4.89 per kilogram. This is currently 30% higher than last year even though volumes are also higher. We are expecting prices to remain relatively stable the next 3 weeks due to good demand. Other vegetable prices traded as follows. Cabbages on 3.56, garlic on 89.20, spinach on 4.95, 29% higher week on week, sweet potatoes on 5.42, which is 21% higher compared to the previous week, while the latest pepper price traded on 14.39, 11% lower compared to the previous week. High demand resulted in the banana price to increase by 4% to 7.10 per kilogram last week. However, limited demand and volumes that may continue to increase on the markets due to slightly warmer weather may impact this price negatively over the coming month or so. Currently, banana volumes are 19% lower than last year due to the colder weather that we experienced resulting in the price to be 71% higher compared to a year ago. 
to the apple price decreased uh, to 685 per kilogram due to higher volumes while the latest pay price decreased to 668. We are still expecting prices for both these commodities to start picking up soon due to lower volumes. But lower expected demand this week may limit any upward movement. The latest orange price increased slightly due to lower volumes, trading on 3.20 per kilogram, with export demand to neighboring countries supporting prices as well. The orange price is currently 43% higher compared to last year at the same time. The avocado price increased last week to 14.15 per kilogram. The price may trend upwards soon. The pineapple price decreased by 8% week on week to 14.45 per kilogram, which is 204% higher compared to a year ago. The latest lemon price also gained some momentum and traded on 5.64 per kilogram, which is also expected to stay on its higher level for the coming week. To stay up to date with the latest prices and news in the fresh produce markets of South Africa, subscribe to the AMT YouTube page and also follow us on Facebook. Also make sure to stay tuned to Food from Nzanzi for the latest in agriculture. This broadcast was of course made possible by Standard Bank. Back to you Don and Duncan. Thanks Dr. Johnny van der Merwe. For more information, go to mtrends.co.za. Dawn, that's a wrap for this week then. Remember, if you love the podcast, share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. That brings us to the end of another exciting episode here on Farmers Inside Track. Please stay safe out there and remember to always wear a mask. Visit Food for Mzanzi's COVID-19 support page for the latest information. As we celebrate Women's Month, we will continue to showcase all the amazing women within the agricultural industry. And do share it with us. You can message us on our different social media platforms or you can email us on info at foodformzanzi.co.za. From me, Dawn Numdu. And me, Duncan Masiwa, and the rest of the Food Form Zanzi team. Have a great week. Until next week. Ciao. You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track Podcast. Supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.